Amen. It's good to sing some Christmas songs, isn't it? It, it feels like it's time. And I am, I am the stickler. I forbade Christmas decorations going up in my house till the day after Thanksgiving. We, we normally do it the day of Thanksgiving, but we were frankly tired that night. Too much tryptophan, I guess. But it just feels good. Um, it, it feels like it's time for some celebration. And so I hope we'll get to enjoy that this year. I hope you will take that in your heart. As I say, read Scripture every day. Uh, I can't commend that enough. And it's not that that book's magic. I didn't write it, trust me. I'm not, not trying to brag on my own stuff. But just taking in Scripture daily makes such a difference. Such a difference. So let me encourage you to do that. But as we look at this kind of, this is kind of the Sunday that it's, it's like half Thanksgiving Sunday, half you know Advent. I mean, we're, we're, we're right there. And so I kind of, want to want to let you or have you think with me back to the original thanksgiving and and obviously there's some legend in this there's some reality to it but the pilgrims when they had come after their first harvest before the first harsh winter of massachusetts that they experienced they took a day to celebrate all that god had done that he had provided he had given them an abundance that that sign that we often see in thanksgiving the, the cornucopia of, of just flowing out with fruits vegetables all all that we need and that's what the original thinking of that thanksgiving was that's why they had a big feast to celebrate we don't know if there were turkeys we know there were oysters so the white knack side of my family is correct with their oyster pudding i don't think they put them with rich crackers like they do but uh, nasty stuff but anyway from a can uh, we didn't do it this year, but um, they, there were probably a lot, a lot of seafood, a lot of oysters, but they celebrated and they rejoiced and thanked God for what he had given, for the abundance of his generosity. And so as we come into this passage, the, the word abundant, by the way, the, the title is not in the passage, but, but it's, the, it's the core, it's the heart. And so when we read this, I, I don't want your brain to go to abundance. Oh, if we ask this, we'll get a, lots of this and lots of that and lots of that. I want you to see the heart of what Jesus is getting at here. It's not the gift, but the giver, to use the Christmas cliche. I want us to see the heart of an abundant father. So I think that, that gets to the, the core of what Jesus was saying, and it helps us get away from some of the ways we and our worldliness would twist this passage. So that's what we're going to focus on today, and then, then we're going to see how does that work itself out. So the first blanks, and I apologize, there's a typo. That was my typo, not Debbie's or anything like that. Uh, there shouldn't be an and there, but it should say God is abundant Father. He is the abundant Father. Let's read verses 7 through 11, and I'll explain a little bit more about why I think that's the focus of this passage. Ask, and it will be given. You seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? So God is an abundant Father. 
Look at this illustration that Jesus gives us. We who are greedy, selfish, grumpy parents, so often in the time, I mean, that's me, how often do we have to fight ourselves to not buy more Christmas presents? Like, have you ever experienced that as a, as a parent? So as, uh, I know not everyone here is a parent. Kids, students, we'll get to you all later. Don't worry. But, I mean, as a parent, like, it's hard to not buy Christmas presents. Because you love your kids. You just want to bless them. You want them to, you want, if they want that, oh, it makes you so happy to give them those things that they enjoy. It's hard not to go over the top. But you know, we are nothing compared to God the Father. It's in our love for our kids that we do that. This, this weekend, we're doing some renovations at our house. It started small. It's gotten, you know, huge. Um, but we're building another bathroom home. All right, They're, the kids are starting to feel some pressure on that bathroom. We, uh, it's it's good time to do it. We have have uh, what we need. And I was putting in a light in what's going to be my daughter's closet. And I was just going to get you know the basic you know a couple things light or try to get an LED. And then sitting right next to it for twenty or thirty dollars more, there was this just like mega bright day glow light. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, oh, this, this is a girl. She's got all, she actually cares what she looks like. That's, you know, it's, it's not like a guy here. I mean, my wife dresses me still. Otherwise, y'all would be scared. I mean, it, it, it's scary what I can come up with, you know. Everything orange and brown, that's, that's I'm good. Um, but, like, she actually cares. It was not hard for me to spend that 20 or $30 extra to get the better light for my daughter. I, just, I wanted to. I love her. I care about her. My son asked to play something yesterday. Get his remote control car up. Man, I was out there. I, it was not a hard thing to say yes. Too often, we forget that God is our abundant Father. And, and I mean, look how Jesus says it. it's like, you evil people out there, you can do that. How much more does your Father give you good things? I don't know how many times I've sat or laid in my bed with just this guilt of that thing that I did again for the hundredth time that I swore to God I wouldn't do it again. Just the grumpy attitude. And we sit there in our guilt. Not realizing we have an abundant, loving, heavenly Father. We don't get that our Father loves to give to us. He loves when we run to Him. He loves it. He's a daddy. For the dads in this, in this room, and none of us are perfect, but we're far, far from it. There is nothing greater, nothing I want to hear more than my kids 
when something bad has happened, when they've done something wrong, to wrap them up and love them. Tell them I forgive them. That I still love them. I will always love them. I don't care what. How many times, parents, have your kids lied to you? How many times? How many times have they disobeyed you? For us, like, we're in the hundreds yesterday. I mean, like, you know, and it felt like it. That's not true. Emma Nathan, I know that's not true. But, like, how many times? And how many times are you ready to take them back? How many times does it bring joy to your heart when they come back? How many times do you want nothing more than to just bless them? Not beat them over the head for what they did that was, that was dumb that you've told them a million times not to do. You just want to be in joyful fellowship with them. And we don't think of God that way. We don't think of God as a Father who loves to forgive us. Who set up all of human history. Who who waited millennia to get this just right how He wanted it. To send His Son to die for our sins. Not for our sins that we're already asking forgiveness for. Christ died for those who were still Sinners, the Scripture says. For those of us who have enmity, in other words, who are the enemies of God. Christ died for you when you were still waiting to do that sin again. That you've done for the hundredth time for the first time. Christ died for you then. Christ died for you knowing every single one of your sins before you were created, before you were on this earth and had done all of that. Jesus died for you in love. God's Holy Spirit has been cultivating and pulling and crafting and and, and directing your heart to come to Him this whole time. So that time when you're laying on your bed or sitting in your room or driving down your car thinking, what have I done again? You have an abundance. Father, who knows how to give good, good, good gifts to you better than any parent. And I know in here some of you have had horrifying death. And I'm sorry. But I want you and I hope for you and I pray for you that you will start to see what a good dad is. And that just like that prodigal son That we would go walking back to the Father and the good news of Scripture, the story that Jesus told to help us get it, is that the Father runs open arms to wrap up His wayward child. And so today, that guilt that you feel over that one thing that you just keep doing, listen to what it says. Ask that forgiveness will be given to you. Seek God again. Go back to the Father. And you will find. 
Don't run from the Father when you sin. Run to the Father. had a lot of times, both in, in church work and with my own kids, when my kids do something, or the kids here do something, and you know what the first thing they do is? They try to hide. By the way, kids, do you know how ineffective hiders you are, okay? Let's just get this on the record. That's not helping, all right? It is not helping your cause. But how often do we do that? I don't know how many times I've talked to people and counseled with people who said, I haven't prayed because I'm just so guilty. I've done this and I keep doing it and I keep doing it and I'm so sinful. I can't pray. That's the opposite of Scripture. The Bible says, seek Him and you will find. He is ready to be found. He is the Father who comes with open arms running to you. It says, Knock. And instead of the door slammed in your face, bolted tight, shut out, keeping you away, Jesus says, He opens the door. Come on in. John, who wrote in Revelation, says Jesus wrote a letter to a church. And He says that. He says, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking at your door. I'm coming hunting. Even for you. You don't even have to do the knocking. God the Father is an abundant, loving, generous, kind God. And all that guilt you feel, all that darkness that's in you, God the Father says, I love you. Jesus says, I'll die for that. And He did. Ask for it. Seek Him again. Knock on that door. And there's good news to be found. Now to kind of correct how some fake preachers have gone at this and just say, ask for a million dollars, you'll get it all the time. Think of the context here. Jesus has just said, don't be anxious about what you need, about food and clothing. In the Lord's Prayer, He says, pray for forgiveness. Pray for your needs. Pray for God's kingdom to come. Even here, He talks about it as a father giving gifts. And, and I don't know about you parents, but there's lots and lots and lots of times where my kids ask for candy that the answer is, here's a banana, right? Otherwise, we would have hundreds of little Short diabetics running around, right? Because all they would eat is candy. There's many times that they ask for a Lunchable, and should I have said yes every time, there would be none left. They'd have to build a new factory, and that would not be healthy. But when my kids ask for food, I give them food. When my kids say my shoes are getting tight, we get them new shoes. It may not be the exact thing they want, it mean, you know, my daughter, my son would wear flip-flops 24-7, 365 days a year, but I may not exactly give him what he wants, but I'll take care of him because I love him. And I want you to get this. God says He loves you. 
I'm sure most of you who have walked with God for a long time could share stories like this, but I remember when we moved to Tennessee pretty early on, we were really tight financially. We'd just gone through all of Rollo's immigration. What was supposed to take three months took a year and three months. She couldn't work. She couldn't drive. We had to buy a new car because, again, she hadn't immigrated to the United States and didn't, uh, had never driven before, certainly didn't have a car. And all these things. We owned a house in Texas we couldn't sell, so we were paying the mortgage down there, trying to rent something. I mean, it was just crazy. And I remember a day in the office when, and I, I don't even remember who handed it to me, if it was Nikki, Debbie, I, I can't remember, handed me this letter and said, John, this letter's really weird. I think it's to you. Because it's somebody from Dallas saying someone helped them with a motorcycle and there's a check in here. I read the letter and the letter says, I don't know if you remember me, but three years ago, you helped me when I had a flat on my motorcycle pull it off the ramp in Dallas, Texas, which I'd done. Just saw a guy in there, motorcycle, popped a tire. And if Dallas has these crazy things, they're, they're way, way up there in these giant ramps that go over one lane, and he had a flat on a motorcycle. And so I was able to, he was kind of on the side, I got down, walked down there, ran back up the ramp, helped him push this, and it was one of those great big motorcycles, helped him push it down, gave him a ride to a friend. Not, you know, nothing big. But there was a check for $100 in there. That check paid my gas bill that I didn't know how I was going to pay in the middle of winter. Been years. I had no idea, and this just random dude. Didn't even remember my name remembered what church I was from and starting at the time. God has ways of loving and taking care of His kids. He just provides. He loves you. And I'm not saying everything's easy. God's not a cosmic you know, lottery payout. But He loves you. He's your dad. Run to him with it. Ask him. Some of you all know I've been enjoying trying to go out and attempting to hunt. It's silly as it sounds. I pray for a deer. God has not answered my prayer. Not sure about that one. Same time I was sitting out there seeing nothing, not even a squirrel. Apparently there were 11 deer at Jeff Williams' farm two miles down the road. Not bitter or anything. Ask. The longer I've gone in my Christian life, the more conversational my prayer life becomes. Talk to your dad. I don't mean be disrespectful or, you know, but like, he's your dad. He's your abundant father. Enjoy this time with him. Let me read this verse 11 one more time. I just, I just want us to soak it in a little bit. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Let your hearts be comforted, grateful, and overflowing in those words. 
And before we hit the next point, I want to read one word of this verse. Verse 12, so. In other words, this is connected. Now, we all know the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do to you. But that's usually not how we state it. It's usually don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you, right? It's that negative that we kind of give to our kids. Don't do that. You don't want somebody to do that to you. Don't do that. How much lighter is that than what Jesus says? And we're going to read it here, but I, I just want us to, to get this and not, not let our familiarity with it brush over this. This is, that's passive, what we tell our kids. You know, don't do that because you wouldn't want somebody else to do it to you. Jesus' command is very, very active. It's do unto others. It's not what we don't do. It's what we should do. Jesus' command is so we should. We should be abundantly loving. God is our abundant Father. So we should go out and love abundantly to others. Let's read this verse again. So whatever you wish others to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That just means the Old Testament. So all the laws, all 576 laws of the Old Testament, it's summed up in love others as you would have them love you. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. It's about kindness. It's about generosity. It's about love. That's the Old Testament law. And Jesus says the reason that we do that, the reason this gets expressed in our lives is because God has loved us abundantly. If I gave you a million dollars today, would somebody be able to tell tomorrow? Right? I'm going to guess you're wearing some new clothes. I'm going to guess your bank knows because you've paid some stuff off, right? How much more should people be able to tell that we have been abundantly loved by the Father? How much more should people be able to see the so do unto others? This doesn't save us. This isn't a bargaining chip. It's already happened. We have an abundant loving Father. So, we love others. Jesus says to do other, for others as you would want them to do for you. Think of all the things you would love for somebody to do for you. I can make a pretty long list, can't you? I mean, think about that. I can get real creative. That's how we are to live. We're to live with abundant love for other people. That's not normal. That's not easy. But that's what Jesus calls us to. It's easy to argue against this on the practical level. Like, I mean, we all, we all know the golden rule, right? How many of you heard that before? Like, everybody's heard that before, right? We know it. But so often we put, well, in this situation, well, you see, for me and this person, you'll be taken advantage of. You can't, you can't do that. People will take advantage of it. 
but was Jesus not taken advantage of? Judas was one of his 12 closest friends and took care of the money. Ate dinner with him. On the night he betrayed him. It's hard. My goodness, yes it's hard. Look what Jesus did for us. It's expensive. Yeah. Jesus left the glories of heaven. Streets paved with gold to come and walk on dirt and dodge donkey patties. There's no greater cost. People won't treat me the same way back, will they? No. Look how they treated Jesus. See, this is, this is a radical difference from everything that is in us. It goes counter to how we live. Do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Let's start getting a little specific. All right? I want to challenge us to think. First of all, for those of you who are married, how much of your time is spent thinking, what can I do for my spouse that she would love? How often do you just think, I'm just going to do something that she would enjoy? And I'm talking big things, I'm talking little things. How often is your mindset, what can I do for them? What would they just love? How can I be abundantly generous to them? We don't live that way very much. Too often in marriages, and I think this is probably, as I've counseled through things, um, there there are the three big causes oftentimes of marriage trouble. Money. Extended family sexual problems. But you know, all of those almost always start with thinking about yourself. Instead of, what can I do for my spouse? How can I serve them? What would be a blessing to them? So husbands, wives, I want you to think about it today. Start today. What can I do for them? I don't just mean going and spending money. Maybe it's cleaning something. Maybe it's doing an activity that you hate. I know when my wife is trying to bless me because she'll play a board game. And she hates it. That's, that is, you know, she's one of those terrible people who don't like board games. I, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. But I know she's going out of her way to make my day when she does that. And there's a certain cookie recipe that I just love that's horrible for me. So I try not to eat it very often, but, but some, there are times she'll just cook that out of the blue. And it's such a blessing to me. How often, how, how much better would our marriages be if we did this? If that was our focus, what can I do for you? What can I do for my spouse? Let's keep going. How about those of you who have jobs in the service industry? It's been a rough year for that, Right? It's been hard. It's been hard for all jobs. Don't want to make that different. But the service industry, man, it's been nuts. How would living like, how would the so 
of living with an abundant Father look for you? How would your greetings be different? How would your time spent with each customer be different? How would your attitudes be different if you were thinking, what can I do for them that I would want them to do for me? How can I show abundant love, abundant care for them? It'll change how some of you work if you did that. And it might be great for your job, it might not. I want to challenge you to think this way. Even at work. How can this affect you? What about when somebody wrongs you? What about, okay, it's, we're coming into Christmas, right? What about when that same relative says that same thing that they say every year? What about that grudge you've been holding for so many years? What would you want that person to do to you? All right, you know what to do. And please understand, I know there's, there's abuse out there and we're not talking about not having good safeguards and being careful. Please don't hear that. But, but for those normal, everyday interactions that we have, how much more forgiving should we be? All right, kids, students, I want to challenge you on something too. I want you to think about this. Are you the one to take the step towards someone else? I don't care what your situation, whether that's private school, Christian school, public school, home school, whatever it might be. There's people out there. There's kids out there. Whether it's on sports teams, school, wherever you're at, in your neighborhood. Are you the one to take the initiative to care about them? Are you the one to be generous in the relationship? To be loving? To be kind? To be forgiving? The reason I stand here today is because six months before God called me to serve Him as a pastor, that day was clear as a bell. I can tell you the exact spot I was standing, or sitting, what it looked like at the time of year. But six months prior to that, I was a mess spiritually. I was angry. I was bitter. I was lonely. Fighting thoughts of suicide and depression constantly. And as a freshman in high school, two seniors reached out to me and befriended me. I was not a guy that was worth having as a friend. I was a miserable, grumpy person. But they took the initiative. I asked them later why. Their only answer was, we felt like the Spirit told us to. They discipled me. They loved me. Everything changed. I learned to follow Christ better and more than I had. So students, are you showing abundant love? 
and I mean even to that person, that guy or that gal, are you acting out on the so? How are you treating others? You know, how we treat others is probably a reflection of how much we understand the love and the abundance and the care and the forgiveness and the generosity and the kindness and the welcoming of God the Father. So do you? So we sing this final song. I want to challenge us each to think about it, to, to, to carry this out. We're going to sing Jesus, lover of my soul. And maybe for some of you, you've lived with such guilt, such oppression, even though you've known Jesus, you've known He's saved you, you, you haven't felt that. You can sing today, Jesus, lover of my soul. Maybe for some of you, you've got such guilt, you've been running away for a long time. You know what the second line after that is? Let me to you fly. Let me run to you, in other words. Some of you need to do that today. Some of you, maybe you're the person who got the million dollars and it's never shown. Well, did you get the million dollars? Has Christ ever actually saved you? If you look nothing like this, if there's never been a so, maybe you don't know the love of the Father. Let me ask you, do you know Jesus? Have you ever trusted Him? Have you ever turned from your ways, your sin, to Him, what the Bible calls repentance? Do you know Jesus? Do you know the abundant? Love of the Father. And if, if you don't, I consider nothing to be of higher privilege than to share how you can do that today. I'll be down here. Steve's over here. Lee, after she sings, I know she'd be talk, willing to talk to you. We would love to talk with you about that or maybe something else or just pray together. But today, let me encourage you to just sit and meditate as we sing on the love of God for you. Even knowing what you did last night. Even knowing those harsh words yesterday. He loves you. He loves you still. Let's pray. Father, help us to know Your abundant love and help us to have the so in our hearts that we would love others generously, abundantly, like You love us. Teach us to do that today. Lord, change marriages, change relationships, change jobs, change friendships. Create them. Create new relationships through all of this. Restore broken relationships. May there be a so. And Lord, I pray for those who are guilty and hurting right now that they would just ask for the forgiveness and seek You and knock be at total peace when you give, when you're found, and when you open the door. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen.